0: When you Angie that download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's angi.com.
1: Have you tried changing your health year on year, resolving that this year things are going to be different, but nothing seems to change? Oftentimes, when things are not changing, we're following many wellness myths and not looking at the full picture, including our nutrition, recovery, stress management, leaving out mind-body connection. I want to introduce you to Wellness Redefined, a new podcast from Refillion Media that's here to dispel all your myths about wellness and fitness while sharing stories of how we redefine what it means to be healthy. On each episode, we'll be talking to experts from all walks of life who will share their own unique wellness journey and offer their perspective. I am your host, Tanika Rochester, founder and CEO of Harlem Cycle, a premier wellness space in New York City with a focus on indoor cycling. I've been an advocate for wellness since as early as I can remember. So if this sounds like something that could help change your life, go ahead and pause the show you're listening to and subscribe to Wellness Redefined on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: When I was young, I'm the youngest of four, um, I remember thinking like I knew what sex was. But I thought, yeah, but I thought you only did it to make a baby. Oh, sure. And I thought you only did it like one time to make a baby, and you never did it again. Right. And then I remember the moment I realized you did it for fun.
3: <laughs> when? When? When you did? it I for heard fun? no. I'm when saying, I heard my like, parents having sex <gasps> for the first time. Stop it. Welcome back to Welcome back to What's
2: Between it? the Reps. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I was like, "Wait, who are we? Between what? the reps with what Brooke and
2: Gina, also, no, for, also known as again. not talking shit." But. but um, all right, Gina. This morning I was mm-hmm. up fairly early, yeah, and I was turning on. So I didn't realize. I mean, I've known for now a little bit of time, but for a while I didn't realize that I get a Hulu account with a Spotify oh, premium yeah. account. Yeah, yeah, and I so just I went, that too. Yeah, so I went on Hulu and I was like. Trying to see what was on there mostly because I wanted to start watching Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tales. Tales. Oh, you got to catch
3: up. Yeah. So oh, I'm going to so start good. that. So good. Um,
2: but there was this mm-hmm. documentary on Dr. Ruth. Mm-hmm. I don't even, what's her, how do you pronounce her last name?
3: Uh, It's right here. West. Uh, I don't know if we can even pronounce it to be honest. It's. Uh, Lister, West Weistheimer. Weistenheimer. Weistheimer. Westheimer. 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 Yeah. Dr. Ruth Westheimer. And so when I, I didn't know a lot, I didn't
2: know anything about her. Yeah. And, You're not that. But I knew who she was. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. And I also, because when I was young, I remember there was like a short period of time where I had like one of those like really small TVs in uh-huh. my room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I would turn it on sometimes if I couldn't sleep at night and she was on late night. And I always felt like so scandalous because she was talking about about sex, sex, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And, um, that's kind of all I really knew about her, but she had a crazy has. Yeah. She's 91. Still still kicking. Seriously. Still kicking in this video, in this, this documentary, I watched her walking in Israel and she tells the camera guys to make sure they, they showed how fast she can walk
3: (laughs) fast. She's fast.
2: She's like four seven. Yeah. And if she hasn't shrunk at all, which I mean, my parents both are shrinking, uh, she might be a little smaller than that.
3: Yeah. But she's had a crazy life. Well, say, I just remember her back in the 80s. Like, she was kind of like the first person to, like, really come out and talk about sex that I that I can remember. I think it was in the 80s. Yeah. I mean. When she was doing that. But uh, it was just always so funny because she had that little accent. And it was just like, she. I don't know why. She seemed like an old lady then. <laughs> well, she was. I don't know old. how old she was in the 80s. Well, she was I'm born. I'm not good at math. She was born in
2: 1928.
3: Oh, okay. So yeah. So she was still considered older. Yeah. So yeah. I, I mean, just they, her I being was this cute little old lady with this accent. talking They called about her grandma. Sex.
2: Yeah. Like I, as I'm watching this, and they're showing like when she's like really starting to like become like a face, I guess, uh-huh. of sex for the U.S. or for I don't know the world, I guess. Yeah. But for U.S. was uh they they were talking about and promoting and about your grandmother talking about sex. Like no one's ever heard their grandmother talk about sex like this before. And well, they really, really were saying they've never heard anyone talk about it like that.
3: Right. I I mean, I think she probably got away with it a little bit easier, you know, breaking kind of through into that, that realm of like being able to talk openly about sex only because she was this cute little (laughs) grandma lady. (laughs) <laughs> no, she was adorable. But yeah, I remember um her radio uh she had a radio yeah. station or, or a radio, radio show. show and we would be listening um but my mom would always turn it. <laughs> my mom wasn't at comfortable at all. Oh, for sure not. About us talking about sex. I mean, I'm pretty sure she only had sex four times to have my sisters and I. <laughs> well, when <laughs> no, I I'm was just kidding. when I was growing up. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: this is a little off topic, but I'm going to say it anyways. When I was young, I'm the youngest of four. <laughs> mhm. Um, I remember thinking like I knew what sex was, but you I did. thought, yeah, but I thought you only did it to make a baby. Oh, sure. And I thought gross. you only did it like one time to make a baby and you never did it again. Right. And then I remember the moment I realized you did it for fun. <laughs> when?
3: When. When you did it I for heard fun? No. When kidding. I heard my like, parents having sex <gasps> for the first time. Stop it. Yeah. Mortified. Gross. Gross. Mortified. (laughs) No offense to your parents. Both quite attractive people. I'm I'm happy they're doing it now.
2: I'm happy they're doing it now. (laughs) But like I was young and I remember and I always knew when it was happening because they would close their door and they never, they never closed their door
3: at night. See, I screwed up that way too. And my kids would know if we were having sex because I would close the door. And I tell parents all the time now, I'm like, Make sure you close the door from a really young age. Yep. Because my kids, like when they were shut in high school, the kids out from They a young literally age. one time came down and I could hear them at the end of the hall going, "Ew, gross! <laughs> the door's closed." <laughs> and I felt like I had to get up and be like, "No, no, look, nothing's <laughs> happening here, guys. Look, hey, Chad and I are just hanging out watching TV. <laughs> we were just wrestling.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why are you sweating? I was watching cops. Uh, no, they, they, they were like high school.
3: Oh man, yeah, God. it was horrifying. But, yeah, oh, uh, that's funny, but so this woman, yeah. um really
2: was like the first person to so openly speak about sexuality, and I mean, even still now today, I feel like it's just it's just a taboo thing that doesn't need to be taboo sure and she made it she she talks about how there is no normal, and like through the documentary, I mean, I just watched it this morning, but there's all these people that you kind of she is introduced to you mm-hmm. um because they have tons of footage of like old shows and her yeah. old talk show she's been on and all this stuff and there's all these people from like different backgrounds and but they're they're just thanking her so much of like how she saved how she saved their life how she changed their life changed their their relationships their everything and you know when in regards to like lgbtq mm-hmm. um they, a lot of people were saying like so much th- thank you because when they were going through it the hardest time of their life, like she was someone who helped them through it right. and like understanding and things and, and like, like a were- big, a big thing was that there is no normal right. and she did that. She goes, there's no normal. It's like, you know, she just talks about just, uh, sexuality as if there, it doesn't need to look any sort of way. Right. We all just need to find a way that we all deserve to have it and enjoy it and under, and and understand ourselves and um and then find people that we discover new things with or try new things with regardless of what that person looks like or whatever right. you know and which i think is really fantastic and a lot of footage of people being very angry at her right well i can imagine know, sure like very angry for being so vocal about it and there was there's a specific clip where she's speaking at i want to say it might be cornell uh-huh or like columbia or something like that a school yeah and the clip is her as she's like finishing and she's walking off stage, and there's these two men coming up. One was coming up to try and place a citizen's arrest on her, <laughs> and the other guy is literally grabbing him by the shoulders and trying to turn him around and walk him off crazy. stage. That is crazy. And what was he
3: arresting her for? I'm just curious. You just literally just because ca- about because he was he was
2: offended forum? by what she was talking about. Oh wow.
3: And you know, and they kind of start just, doing that. To they people. of just talk <laughs> about like. They offend me. Yeah,
2: (laughs) I'm placing you under arrest arrest right now.
3: (laughs) Like you to leave the building. You've
2: got this woman who, from a young age, you know, was living through the Holocaust. Yeah, and like she just
3: she's a survivor, really. Yeah, and you couldn't,
2: you know. I think I can't remember. I'm not gonna. I can't Mm. quote it, but there was a, a part in the film that they talk about. There's not something that anyone could like say to like keep her from doing what she loved. Right. and like doing what she enjoyed doing and what she loved more than anything was learning
3: mm-hmm.
2: and at, let's see I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this specifically her last memory of her father was the morning when the Nazis came and escorted him outside and she remembers him just looking up smiling and waving as he left and basically her mother and she lived with her mom and her grandmother and they sent her off to Haydn Switzerland Oh, yeah, that's what you were talking Jew- about. For, um, yeah. To an orphanage of a Jewish charity. And that's kind of where she grew up. And something that was like. You, you were know, saying that
3: the girls weren't allowed to yeah, learn? Yeah, I can't or remember like if it
2: wasn't the girls or it was like an age thing or what they just decided. But uh, I remember, you know, she just wanted to learn and she remembered that her father had kind of told her like how important learning is. And there was this boy. That she like fell in love with and they were, they, you know, they loved each other and, um, he was going to start going to school, Mm -hmm. but she wasn't going to get to go. And so what he would do is at nighttime, he would hide under her bed and she would, and he'd bring all of his books and stuff home. Right. And she would take them by the stairs where the, like the moonlight would shine in and she would just read. Right. And he would stay in there until she came back. And then he'd
3: sneak back to his room. Can you imagine? There's Nothing like that happens anymore. Like, I can't even get my daughter to read for a book report.
2: (laughs) I was actually thinking to myself, I was like, like,
3: you know, maybe (laughs) I should read a book. (laughs) Yeah. I know. But it's like we just take those things for granted, you know. We have to, like, really remind ourselves that there was a time when, you know, you couldn't just grab a book and go read it or go learn something. Yeah. You know, and here I was like, I don't want to go to school. You know? (laughs) That's true. So stupid. It's true. Yeah.
2: But yeah, she had a crazy life. You know, I was, uh, I needed to come to the office so I didn't get to finish the whole documentary. But it kind of talks about, you know, where she was born. Grew up. Goes to this orphanage. Um, Her parents leave to go to concentration camps, basically.
3: Horrible. Um,
2: She finds out later. I think she was in her late 80s they didn't say her age or when the video was taken, but it's her learning what happened to her parents. Because when she, she had to change her name from uh, Carola. I think that's how you pronounce it. um, Because it was, it sounded too Jewish. And so she changed it to Ruth and that's her middle name. And she said she kept that because she knew that if her family um, survived and they came looking for her, that they would know that they would find her. Yeah. Yeah, um, but she found out later that you know, what years her parents died in Nazi Germany, and um, but what was sad is they used a word about her mother that was basically saying she like she just disappeared. So there's no there was no information about oh, like so ha- what, what happened, happened or her. anything like that. But she just I mean her whole life went by, and just in like the last couple of years, yeah. I don't know when they actually sh- um, filmed this, but she finally had like some sort of closure yeah and that's crazy and you just watch her speak to people and you know one talk about strong woman and being mentally strong physically strong right. and dealing with so much adversity not only you know because of her heritage and her family and where she's from but then carrying on to you know learning and, and being educated in a time when women still all you know not exactly. At home. Yeah, yeah. Doing that, and then right. now she, you know, now she starts becoming more in the public eye and like talking about um, sexuality are, and things yeah, like that. And taboo. she has. There was this guy who was interviewed, and basically her like coworkers or people that were um, worked in like the hospital or where she worked as well, already like talking about how they felt like she was reckless, you know, and in the way she was giving information and the the, the uh, advice she was giving people, she was reckless to be doing all of that. And it's like, and she she makes a comment to the person who was interviewing her and she was this beautiful female. And she basically says like, you know, I think it would be different if I were like taller, more beautiful and like sexy. Like, oh. People might accept it more from me. Right. And she was basically saying because, you know, I'm this right. like older, like four, seven right. tiny woman, like people wanted to... Um, kind of shut her up, shut her up. And it's like, and I I can see where she's saying that. But I also feel like, you know, as she's being introduced as like America's sex grandmother, like sex talking (laughs) grandmother, like people
3: find it endearing in a way. It's almost like it, you know, coming from her. Well, we've also our, our country, everything's changed a lot too, you know, now that you have people like her that were the pioneers of going out and talking about stuff like that. So that kind of like laying the the way for other people to feel comfortable, you know, talking about their sexuality. So, yeah, and even now it's kind it's of a badass. Yeah, I, I have I have to watch it. I haven't watched it yet, so I'm gonna probably watch it tonight.
2: Yeah, if you guys are interested at all, learning about Dr. Ruth, she is a f- amazing woman who's gone from being in an orphanage in Switzerland to living in Israel and joining the army, doing the training to be a sniper.
3: <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> And then just That's like one and then grandma, you don't want to mess with
2: getting injured. I don't remember exactly how she was injured. She was in the hospital and met this doctor. Oh my God. Uh, I will say this. She, they go into this, into the hospital where all the soldiers and everyone's at, they uh-huh. had no more beds. She said they put her cause she was so small in a book, in a bookshelf. <laughs> yeah. And she said that she had this doctor, <laughs> this really handsome doctor that came up. And I feel like this is actually some, maybe her first husband or something like that. Um, He comes up and she said that he was gonna had food for her, and so she she persisted to pretend like she couldn't feed herself. (laughs) So So that so for like like three times a day he would come and feed her, (laughs) and he would feed her and. And then she went on from there healing to she said she was like learning how to like water ski and going snow skiing and like just living this like super amazing life and and continuing to learn and do all these things. And you know, she just the whole time you see all this footage from her when she was younger and growing up and you see her now, she is so full of life. It is really amazing and inspirational. Very inspirational. Yeah. Very so if you guys haven't seen it, it's on Hulu. Um go and watch it if you're interested. It's it's very cool. I learned a lot and you get to learn about an amazing woman who has had a life you'd only think you'd read about in like a in a
3: book. Right? Fiction. <laughs> in a fiction book. <laughs> so I have a question. Yes. Since we're talking about it. What what was your sex talk? Oh like, I haven't how really did you talk about this. Yeah, like I know that you said that you understood, like you heard your parents having sex. Mm-hmm. But like, what was the actual talk? Because I think as parents, we always uh like, I know I was always, like, freaking out, like, oh, my God, what am I going to say to my kids? And I knew that I didn't want to do, like, what my mom did. Because mm-hmm. what my mom said was, don't have sex until you're married because it's, like, Jesus is in the room. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> always behave. And I, I understand what she was trying to say, but, yeah, it wasn't the most effective sex talk at all. I mean, there was nothing about birth control. There was nothing about It was just don't do it. It's bad unless you're married. And it was like, okay, but as we all know, a lot of kids are going to have sex before they get married. Yep. Um, so, yeah. So mine, mine to my children was much different, almost to the opposite, to where it was like really probably not the best either. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you after that, but I okay. want to know about yours.
2: <clears throat> well, the only memory I have of like a sex talk was I'm the youngest. And my mom had Robin, my oldest sister, give Lindsay, my cousin, and my sister Lacey, their sex talk. I remember we were at my grandma and my aunt's house. (laughs) She passed it on. That was smart. we were back in my cousin's room and Lacey was, Robin was going to give this talk. And she had, and I was in there. And what was funny was like, I already knew all this.
3: Oh, okay. Like you'd heard it at school.
2: No, I had heard it from Robin. Oh, I was like the youngest sister that, like, my sister would tell me all this stuff and like gross me out at like a young age. And then I was the kid in like elementary school that like had all this information. You were telling everyone else? I would share it with people.
3: (laughs) And then it's like that game of telephone where there's like, it's just getting a little bit screwed up every single time.
2: I remember there was this tree. Uh huh. And like at lunchtime, we'd go all go to this tree and that's where we would like share like sex information. Yeah, like, uh, and then um, other than that, I remember like talking to my mom, like my mom trying to talk to me about if I was gonna, you know, gonna finally have sex. And I like, it's like uh, uncomfortable as like that conversation kind of felt. Like, right. I always kind of talked to my mom about it. And before it had happened, I knew it was going to happen. And so like she had talked to me about it. I was in college, right. actually, so I did have sex until college. And um, I told her, I was like, I haven't done it yet, but it's going to happen. I'll tell you when it happens. <laughs> and I remember it had happened, and my mom was on the phone with me, and she must have just sensed it because she just yeah. goes, did you have sex? And I can't, like, I have, like, I can't lie. Yeah. And I was just like, yes. <laughs> and she and I told her, and I was like, it was it was awful, and it was painful, <laughs> and it hurt, and, like, she didn't, you know, I was obviously old enough, but my mom was just like, it will get better. You know, you just, right. the more comfortable you are with your partner and. You all know, those things. Yeah. Thanks, you, Right. Things like that. Right. But that was like kind of my experience. And then from a young age, I just always like knew. Because my, si- my oldest right. sister. Well, it was almost like before, that was like her so way of like picking on me. was like telling me things that are yeah. inappropriate. Thanks, Robin. <laughs> we used to do that to
3: my sisters too.
2: I mean, she told me about it. I knew yeah. all about it. And I still didn't have sex until I was in college. So must yeah. have worked.
3: I remember it was this. This is terrible. I think we made my youngest sister take a drag off our cigarette when we were like sixteen, <laughs> so that she wouldn't tell. Us. <laughs> no, you did. You told me that. Here, take it. <laughs> she was young. She was just a baby. I mean, not really a baby. She was like probably like I don't know, I was sixteen. So she's yeah. She was probably ten. Making her take a drag off my cigarette. Oh my god! I always like saw those, I always saw those videos
2: like, in shows where like. The kid gets caught smoking, so the parents, yeah. like, sits there and makes him smoke the whole pack. Oh, my
3: God. No. That's pretty funny, though. Yeah. And then just get him sick. Just make him throw up. Or, mm-hmm. like, when they catch him drinking, they make them like, drink, drink the whole, the whole thing. thing. Yeah, um Get them really drunk. But then, they like, take care of them.
2: But, like, get them really <laughs>
3: sick. <laughs> but then take care of them.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. When you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
2: Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate you and want to stay connected with you. So please rate, review, and subscribe to help this podcast grow. And if you like the podcast, get the word out. And now back to the show.
3: With my kids, I wasn't really sure how or like when to start talking to them about it. And like I've mentioned before, you know, Nico and I had, you know, kids young and not necessarily planned. So it was like really important for me to, like, talk about, like, birth control and all of that for them. And I just, like, tried to, like, make them feel comfortable about talking about sex from, like, kind of a younger age. You know, like, kind of, like, flippantly saying things. Like, not making it, like, a super taboo thing. If they had a question. You know, I was having Ruby, like, when all the kids were, like, around 10. So, like, they had all sorts of questions about you know, how a baby, how you make a baby, how a baby is born. Mm -hmm. Um, Kylie will tell you I drew lots of diagrams. Nice. And uh, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Trying to explain her period to her. Yeah. Oh, oh, tell the the story about Kylie. Okay. Oh, man. Okay, Kylie, earmuffs again. Um, So basically, uh, as the kids were growing up, you would hear stories about other kids having sex or whatever. So one time I had dropped all the kids off at the movie theater and – while I was at, while they are at the movie theater, I went to a, a local store or whatever, killing time, and the lady goes, oh, you know what's happening at the movie theater? All the girls are giving the boys blowjobs. <laughs> and I was like, what? I just dropped all three of my kids off at the movie theater. <laughs> boys are pumped. Great, yeah. So, no, so anyway, so I, I remember, like, I picked them up, and then, you know, I, I talked to them about it. I said, hey, it's, you know, it's been brought to my attention that this is happening and I just want you to know that this is still sex and you can still get diseases this way and it's not okay and it's not okay for boys you know to just I think I said this is terrible I think I said it's not it's not okay for boys just to expect girls to do something without wanting to do something for them in return Mm -hmm. you know girls are not just like a waste receptacle you know Mm -hmm. and it was like more of like just a way of like saying it was more to the boys about saying like respect women Mm -hmm. you know blah 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 In my weird way. And so, anyway, years later, Kylie ends up having sex with her first boyfriend. And she tells me, well, I ask her. And she goes well, yeah. And I was like, Oh my God. And so I'm like freaking out that she's like had sex. And then I'm like asking her details. I'm like, well, did you do this to him? And she's like, Oh yeah. And then, and and I remember we're driving. Right. And, um, she's like, well, yeah. And I was like, Oh my God. And I'm like, I can't believe it. She's like, well, stop asking me. And so we're going back and forth and I just can't help myself. And I go, well, did he do this to you? And she goes, literally goes like this. Well, yeah. I told him that my mom said that if a guy ever expected that, that he should be able to do the same. (laughs) And I was like, you said that? My mom said that? (laughs) Like in the heat of a
2: moment. (laughs) Whoa. She's like, stops him. Whoa. I'm just going to let you know that my mom said, (laughs) if a guy (laughs) wants this, then you better be ready to do this in return.
3: (laughs) So, yeah. So I was like, Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, at least she listens, you know, so that I was really proud also of her. There. I am. I also second that. So. <laughs> I was proud of her. Get, get yours, girl. But yeah, so she was pretty horrified. And honestly, it's the same person that she's married to now. And that poor guy, man, we've put him through the ringer. I mean, I've said the most inappropriate things to him. That prob- I mean, not inappropriate sexual things. That sounded really weird. But like yeah, we'll weird little weird. things like when she wanted to like get on birth control or whatever. I was like, if he thinks he's not using a condom on my daughter. And I remember he was washing his car in the back. <laughs> and I went out there and marched out there. And I was like, I don't like you guys having sex or whatever. And whatever. You guys can sneak around and do it. And you guys are adults. But you better not be putting your dick in my daughter without a condom on it. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like... Uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so yeah, so that's been a, uh, mine's been more of like a trial and error, but you know. And well, you know, let's say this too, I <laughs> not mean to
2: like put you on the spot, Gina, but yeah, your, this could be, you know, take it or leave it. Uh My sister was pretty vivid with me and I was, I also kind of had like a, I guess it wasn't necessarily taboo at my house and my right. older two siblings were kind of rebels. So like
3: they laid, they laid the foundation There
2: wasn't a lot of taboo. There was a lot happening that at a young age I was watching and hearing and arguments and conversations. So, (laughs) you know, and then like for you, you just got told, you know, God's watching in the room. He's in there with popcorn and
3: (laughs) watching. So that's weird. (laughs) And then I got pregnant. And you got pregnant (laughs) (laughs) at which age? 19? I was, well, I was 18 technically, but I turned 19. So yeah.
2: Yeah. So I just think it's just better to if be you are educated yeah i don't have kids i don't even i don't even have a right to even say this no, but i will but say right. yeah. that because i'm almost 30. yeah um if you're it's just better to be open about it because and i kind of grew up in like let's say in a come in an area of utah and uh where sex conversations for sure It's almost as if people want to not have them or tell you exactly what's going to happen or whatever, because they think that if they don't talk to you about it, then, and you don't, you know, you don't talk about it, then it doesn't happen. It's not going to happen. And it's like, well, no, it's, it's, it's going to happen. And I I almost feel like, like nowadays, um, even like when I was like going to college and I was hearing about what was happening at the, when my nieces and nephews were like in Elementary school Mm -hmm. and like what they were catching kids doing right was already something that was way beyond like anything that was going on like when I was growing up right you know it's like you got you just need to talk to them and have the conversations that are a little bit hard but at least gives your your kids. They feel comfortable, even if it's a hard conversation, they feel comfortable coming and talk to you talking to you about what's right. happening right. or what they're going through or what the kids are saying or whatever because they know that they're gonna get an honest response, but from a from a a loving place and not from a if you
3: talk to them about it, you're just gonna be grounded or get in trouble. Right. You know. Right. I know. It's a it's a fine line. Parenting is no joke, super hard and it's like really hard to know like what what you allow and what you don't, and you know, you want them to talk to you, but then you don't want them to think there aren't any consequences, and yeah, so it's it's really hard driving that line, and you know, sometimes I've come out figuring it out, sometimes it's gone really bad, so you never know. You know, know. Riggs, Trial is, and Riggs error. is pretty tough to talk to about sex. <laughs> I can see how he's, You just have to keep telling him to stop licking his pee-pee.
2: Well, <laughs> you know what it is? I think he keeps licking it, and also... I've made him so confident in the fact that he has a ball sack with no balls in it that he shows it, he shows to, it to everyone. everyone.
3: First like, thing he does, runs like, up and he's like, "Hey, check this out! No balls, yeah, just right on my back.
2: Hey, I'm no threat here. <laughs> <laughs> Zero threat." <laughs> However, no, you know I'm what he does? Sorry, he, uh, he met. I was getting some PT, some body work done, and I had him with me, and um, they have like the. The office dog uh-huh. is this beautiful Rottweiler. Oh, uh-huh. And he's a puppy. Yeah. So beautiful and mm-hmm. big. Well, you know, after my session, like, you can, you know, you want him to meet Riggs? And I was like, yeah. Adam. So Riggs does his move. Yeah. His move is he gets really close and he, like, kind of, you know, hunches down and then just rolls to his back and opens his legs up. <laughs> Showing it's good. He's opened his eyes. He was sleeping. Yeah, I'm talking about he's you. He's so
3: embarrassed right now. And
2: I already am a little bit on guard because this is what he does. Riggs will lay there with his legs open and as the dog starts to smell his area Mm -hmm. the the dog he knows how to get what he wants because then the dog starts licking his penis yeah it's really (laughs) gross like always get a room but then what Riggs does is he'll start showing his teeth and growling (laughs) at the dog I'm not kidding so Riggs is on the ground I have him on a leash this big ass Rottweiler puppy uh, is like smelling his area and he keeps doing it. And I'm like getting a little bit nervous because I don't know what the rot's going to do if like Rig starts trying to establish dominance as he's the one on his his back. back. (laughs) Looking like a little boot. And so as it starts happening, I just start pulling him. (laughs) So I'm like dragging Dragging him on his
3: back. I'm dragging
2: him across the floor trying to get, and I'm telling him like, get up stop being let's get up and he won't he's just on his back and the dog keeps smelling him and i'm like i'm talking to my the uh, pt i'm like listen he's gonna start like growling he like shows his teeth and and he he's what he does it's like it's really scary it's like uh he opens up his legs and goes open for business and then like bite your head off <laughs> i mean oh, his rigsy. teeth his, his teeth are like little tiny teeth
3: yeah he doesn't look that like vicious. No, but ever you do that. And
2: say so you don't know what you're asking for.
3: from a yeah. Bigger batter dog. He doesn't know. He just doesn't know what he wants. Yeah. It's okay. Sometimes you don't know. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know. Anyway. Well, I think that's about
2: that. Yeah. Yeah. Next time, you know what we should talk about? We'll have Katie on. Uh huh. And let's talk about, um, toys. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
3: we'll have a segment where we talk about when we, I when I took, like, when I took Katie I to go buy like, a vibrator. <laughs> yeah. That, that would be a good one. Okay, we can talk yeah. about that. Also, we've been reading some of your emails, and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. there was one that was really fun. Um, I think her name was Veronica? Oh, I don't know. I kind of wanted to say who it was. Um, anyway, she was asking if we still do... Um, challenges. Challenges. That's what it was. Oh, no, here it is. Valerie Simone. Valerie Simone. Um She's like, hey, ladies, love the podcast and the beginning ones. You guys did class challenges. Not sure if you still do them. I have one for you, aerial Silks class. <laughs> I would love to hear you both talk about that experience. Well, Valerie, uh, it's funny. I was walking to Brooke's office, and there actually happens to be a one of those class. It's like a, is it, is it for classes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they have aerial silk classes, like, right around the corner. So we may actually end up doing that. And I'm going to try to do it without hanging myself. <laughs> this is, it's going to be really bad. Uh, so anyway, so thank you for writing in. All right. So as
2: promised, we said we would ask, you know, answer a couple questions. Ask, ask, yeah, ask an answer.
3: Gonna ask an
2: answer. Okay. Gina, what's your favorite workout from Barks 25?
3: My favorite workout? That's a good question. What's I like, like, if you're so. The gym, I the what do you love to do? If I don't go to the gym? Well, if I go to the gym, I love if I'm doing like a CrossFit workout. I love e-moms.
2: Yeah, I really do. Good.
3: I like those a lot, and uh, because I can, because I don't have, I'm not that competitive, and then I can just like take my time if I want. Yeah, <laughs> I know, yeah, I could take a minute off. It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a minute on and a minute off. Um, <laughs> but uh, and then I don't know if I'm if I'm out. I don't. I like bike riding. But like my regular bike, like I'm not like a cycler. Yeah, but we did talk about, because I, I, yeah. I have my bike. I would fits. like to start maybe doing something like that just because I, I I need to do more cardio and I can't run and I've tried running since breaking my foot and it still kind of hurts and I hate the ass bike, but I do mm-hmm. like being outside. So I think I would like to do that or like hiking or something I think, like that. Well, I think what, I need what I'll to is do more of that. I'll take my this bike I have off the stationary
2: because yeah. that's really for when it's raining or it's winter time yeah. and we'll go for a ride. Yeah, I would love that. How about what's your favorite workout? I feel like they want to know yours. What's my favorite workout? Well, I it depends. I mean, obviously, it depends on how I'm feeling that day. Um, sometimes all I want to do actually and is sweat. go for a, is go for a hard bike ride, or oh, okay. I'll go running. Yeah, you do like that. The yeah, cardio. when I when I want something I want to like get be able to accomplish a lot in a little bit of time mm-hmm. or a little bit of prep, and maybe I don't really want to go into the gym or I don't want to have to like do all the setup. Yeah, um, sprints or just a long run is great. And you don't need to do a lot. You can just leave from your house. And then I
3: I like riding my bike a lot.
2: Yeah. Other than that, I... You like
3: you do Tabatas a lot. Yeah, I like
2: Tabatas. Like you'll to put them together like a little... And also, I actually like chippers. Like, like chippers oh, uh-huh. because if I love that when you... On a chipper, you like chip away at your workout. So right. it's usually a bunch of different stations or movements or whatever. And kind of once you complete one of them, you move on to the next one and you don't come back.
3: And you don't go back. Oh,
2: yeah. 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 Um, one of my least favorite yeah. is, uh, not just my least favorite, but like, I don't like when I don't know how long I'm going to be doing something.
3: Oh, right. So like when it's four time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Or like, uh, if I'm, if I'm on a movement, cause I've done this like with my coach uh-huh. where I'm not in control of the time he is. And you basically have to work until the time is up or until right. he says you're done. And so you're just doing reps. And so it's hard for me. It's like if I know exactly how many reps I need to do. Right. Then I can like mentally do that. Even if it's like a lot. I can. It's almost like I can like. I can push through it. And also I kind of prepare myself with a plan of like. um How to attack it. Right. Like how but many if I, reps I'm going to do. But if I never really arrest? know how many I'm mm-hmm. doing. um, It's hard for me to like. To know. How hard I should be going. Because you, you know. You don't want to like blow up or go go out too fast or whatever right um what are your must-haves from chelsea raylin what are your must-haves for traveling from packing to actual day of travel items
3: Hmm. i feel like we pack pretty much the same Mm -hmm. uh if it's a short trip we always like to just do carry on Mm -hmm. which is nice but then you have to have like all the travel size crap Mm -hmm. so that's kind of a pain uh essentials um curling iron. Yeah, curling iron. Most is, places have a hair dryer. Yeah. You know, you got to have you got to have your hair product. Yep. You got to travel with a buddy that can pack half of it. Yeah, we do. We're like, <laughs> "All right, so did you bring this? Cool. <laughs> yeah. I'll bring this." So you're not both packing it. Um,
2: uh I like to have face but, wipes. Yeah, face wipes for sure. And especially if like maybe the face masks are nice to have. Yeah, face, the face masks out. are super great and you, they're the ones we have from Athea. Uh huh. Athea skin have amazing face masks.
3: They are single packed. So Yeah. My daughter does the um show uh, she wears the under eye ones on the plane, which I thought was so smart. Yeah. And I've seen i seen people do that. Yeah. And she said that it was so crazy that by the time she got there, they were like little like dried up. Like that's how much moisture it's sucking out of your face. Oh wow. Like they dry. We should up try that next time we face. fly. Yeah. We should just do the whole face mask. We should. <laughs> <laughs> Hannibal Lecter. You sit down. And we like have two Hannibal Lecters in aisle aisle G. Um, and
2: then, other than that, usually uh, snacks that I can have on the plane. Yeah. Um, either single serve protein, like ready to go, so you can just add water if you have your mm-hmm. shaker bottle, or um, protein bars. Mm-hmm. And then I like to have um, I like snacks, so like veggie chips or mm-hmm. things that I are kind of not guilt free, but I well, they're better I, than yeah. what they're going to give you on the plane, yes. for sure. And, yeah. and that depends, too, just like on what, um, how long of a travel day you have. But something we like to do is, as soon as we get to town, if we are in, like, a super tight schedule, is to go straight to the grocery store yeah. and kind of get a bunch of things that we can have, you know, when we're at the house or the Airbnb or the hotel. So we're not making bad choices last yeah. minute. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do one more. Okay. <laughs> what? Uh Hallie Lehman, have you had lip fillers or Botox? Both. <laughs> Both. <laughs> I haven't had any fillers put in my face at all in a, in a really long time. Um, I just got Botox done. I do like... I have mine on uh, tomorrow. Yeah. I have... They, it's, like, it's preventative Botox, and they don't do a lot, and we only do it in the area because I'm very expressive, so where I'm like really, really strong... Um, like for instance my left eyebrow is like a lot stronger than my right and I raise one eyebrow a lot and so the like wrinkles I'm getting and like even like over development of muscles in my face Mm. are much bigger on my left side than my right so we kind of do that to sort of tone them down a little bit and try and keep my face look equal (laughs) Um, also what I noticed and I asked the doctor I was just barely with on like right above my brow across the middle of my forehead I'm like sometimes I I look in the mirror like in certain light and I can see that like it almost seems like it's um pushed out further than the top of my forehead and he said well yes you have really strong muscles right there between my eyebrows okay and like we're your frown area your like scalp area and he said so yeah so he's like you know Those are working, they're working really hard. So those are going to become more developed than like the top. And I'm like, well, I don't want to look like a Neanderthal. (laughs) So he basically like, that's, that was really his only, that area. And then right above my left eyebrow was like all he wanted to, to, um, to do. Yeah. It's a very, very good. Like if you're interested in all, just going to a doctor who will tell you no, for one. Yeah. Who will say, and, and also don't be scared to tell him the things that you're wondering. Right. That's their job, and then they can they can look at you um, objectively, yeah. is the right word, and tell you exactly what they what they would recommend. And the goal is to not change your face. The goal is to
3: yeah. If a doctor's like telling you like oh you should do this and this and this and this and it's all things that you don't naturally have. Like does that make sense? Like yes. um, if you're trying to make yourself look like a different person or like look like somebody on Instagram like Mm -hmm. I had a girl come up to me one time and she was like do you think I should put filler in my cheeks like everybody has like these really defined cheeks and I was like no like you you're you're beautiful like you don't need everyone doesn't need to have like the cookie cutter face and like the exact same face so if you're trying to like prevent aging you know I mean honestly you can do whatever the hell you want well and it's but yeah if you're and it's not us it's just about preventing well and for the aging and for people they're like Oh well, aging
2: is a natural thing. It's like, sure. oh, well, yes, it is, it is, but um, it's just aging with grace in a way. You know, yeah. they talk about just when, when you like find a good doctor too. They talk about you know all the areas in your face where we have like uh, collagen and like fat and things like that, and the areas that as we get older, we it just it, it decreases just a ton. Yeah, you know, and you, some people are just gonna it happens more than others. Yeah, you it know, and so the and goal sinking. with like when you go to a really good doctor, it's to those areas in your face where you might be losing more volume than other areas. It's just to help with that, to keep you looking like you. Right. It's yeah. not to change. And there, you know, they have a lot of new um, options. Like for instance, for, in- for instance, for <laughs> instance, for instance, the injectable, it's called Sculptra. It's just something that actually gets your body to produce It's own collagen. It's own collagen. Yeah. And so you're not just putting in a filler that will, you know, once it's in there, like, depending on who put it in, you know, can look good or look bad. You're actually just injecting something where your body can actually just
3: create its own volume. Right. And and it's longer lasting. Right. Well, because I had some taken out. Yeah. So that's why we say, you know, make sure that you go to a doctor that's going to tell you no. Because my normal doctor, I didn't go to, I hadn't gone to her and she would always, I'd go in, i go, well, do you think I need this? And she'd say, no, no, you don't need that. No, 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 no. And um, I had already done a little bit of filler under my eye and I went to another person and I said, it's been a while. Do you think I need more filler under my eye? And she goes, sure. And just did it. And then remember we had like two different people mm-hmm. tell me like, oh my gosh, she she overfilled your under eye. So I had it all dissolved. Um. So it is and, important. And we'll tell people why do we? Yeah. Why would you put filler under your eye? Oh well, for me, um, they get sunken in. My my eyes get a little sunken in. So like you get that really dark circle underneath, and so sometimes they'll put a little bit of filler. Or if you get like bags under your eyes, they'll put just a little bit along the along the bone, to kind of fill up, and the it area. kind of fills it up and it kind of flattens it out. So um, so yeah, so I had that dissolved, but probably gonna put it back in <laughs> by a just better not, doctor just not that much so yeah. anyway yeah Anyways, very yes. very smart to go to to not just anyone go to a someone that's going to do just the bare minimum
2: yep and that and with that the whole like we aging is a natural thing and we're all aging and you know we know that that is 100 percent true And that's why it's important to be with someone who can help you just continue to, you know, look a bit more youthful, especially if genetically for you, you know, areas of volume in your face are going to decrease faster than, you know, they, they should be or at that age or whatever. But it's, the goal is to, is to look your age, but not look like, plastic a plastic yeah. doll or look like someone completely different or just right. do too much and even on that note if you like that you look, like that fine that's that's and fine. you know what if you
3: don't want to do anything to your face that's you're beautiful. fine too. that's fine you don't have to yeah yeah
2: anyways get off that soapbox yeah we're okay. done i have to pee <laughs> good good to know <laughs> i really have to pee
3: okay guys <laughs> thank you for, well, listening. for listening to our ramblings
2: we appreciate uh, remember it.
3: Remember to rate, rate, review, subscribe, five-star five rating. Five rating. We Or five-star warning.
2: Time. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what we'll call our podcast the five star we warning. we change our podcast name. Yeah. Five-star warning. warning.
3: Um, and, yeah, thanks for listening. Email and us. Email us. Also, we're gonna we We're going to try that definitely, silk thing. Yeah, we're definitely going to do that. I don't know if we'll have time before the next one, but we're definitely going to put it yeah, no, on the on, list. I leave on Sunday. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Love you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: When you Angie that, download the free Angie mobile app today or visit angie.com that's a n g i . c o m.
3: Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's
1: online students received nearly 130 million dollars in institutional scholarships in 2022.